being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ Vice 60. Bill, I know you had another question. If you want to call back in, we'll take that from you as well. So don't feel bad. If you want to call us back, we'll get you back on air. Nothing wrong with calling twice. Scott and Connor, for though, you're next. Go ahead. Hey, uh, great show, guys. Thank uh, you. So on the uh, plug-in hybrid, I've got a 2016 uh, Ford Fusion Energy. Okay. That was put uh, about a month ago. During the snow, that's dedication. I was changing the oil. Yeah, it is. And... Uh, so I put in the EPR first time, 110,000 miles, and uh, I couldn't get it to keep running. And uh, I heard your earlier call. So um, I guess because of the uh, charging the battery situation, it would run for two or three minutes and then shut off for seven or eight minutes, you know, start-stop. Right. Uh-huh. So uh, I just let it cycle four times. I couldn't figure out how to... Well, and that's uh, one where, as Ken said earlier, because it's a hybrid and there's really not much RPM or load difference on right. a hybrid engine like there would be in a typical regular ICE vehicle, to go ahead and put that in and drive it, you know, not going out on highway speeds or anything right. like that, but just, you know, yeah. take a small trip around the block for about 10 minutes or so is more than... You're more than capable of doing that with EPR in it. For everybody listening... That's not what you're going to do with an ICE right, engine. Okay, right. we're not telling you to put EPR in it and then go exactly, drive it. Right. This is hybrid only situation where you can't, to your point, Scott, you can't keep that engine running for the 10 minutes that the product needs to be in there. In your case, your case alone, or anybody with a hybrid, yes, it's okay to do that around the block trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and on some some of the hybrids too, you can sit there and pump the brake pedal, and it'll constantly, no. it'll, it'll stay running too. Some of them, and not, not all. all of them, right? Because didn't think about yeah. That. So you just, I mean, in in park, you know, just pump the brake pedal. A lot of times, it'll fire the engine up and keep it know, going. Keep it going. Yeah. Well, it must so. have worked because it, it was really black when it came out. So. <laughs> yeah, oh, that stuff will works for well. No, no, it yep, does work definitely. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, another uh, unrelated item. Uh, what year did uh, disc brakes uh, go to four wheels? Depends, oh, yeah. on, Depends what on what you're the looking car. at. And, yeah, Silverado's were 2,000, um, but the work trucks still had drums. St- today still have drums yeah. in the rear. I mean, stupid Tacomas, you know? uh, Scott, it took them forever to put rear disc brakes on a Tacoma. They yeah, had drum right. brakes for stinking ever. Yeah, exactly. So it just depends on the car, honestly. Um, my 95 Explorer had discs all the way around, you know. It just, yeah, just it depends. just really depends. Yeah. Yep. My, yeah. yeah just, I, and and, and I depends on the model, too. I, I can't yeah. tell you, Scott. I mean, other than expense, drum brakes are less expensive than disc yeah. brakes are. That's yeah, the biggest less. reason I believe a lot of them still ran drum brakes is just yeah. the sheer cost. Yeah. And I guess nobody's uh, turning, the, turning the rotors nope. anymore? Nope, right. Nope. Most people that have a lathe, it sits with dust on it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Guilty. And a lot of guys had on-car lathes even back in the day because it was very popular yeah. back then to do them on-car, but well, uh, not anymore. Well, the, the way the brake systems are designed nowadays, too, and we see evidence of it, the, the rotors are wearing a lot as well as the brake pads. So the brake pads wear the 12... 12, 30 seconds of an inch off of them, and the rotors are worn down, you know, say even 40 thousandths or 60 thousandths. So they're almost a discard anyway. So it's, yeah, because they're designed, the brake systems work a lot better nowadays, so they're designed to wear evenly, or well, not evenly, but they're, they, they have considerable wear both, both areas. Yeah. Okay. I got it. Uh, finally, uh, at uh, Kipling and Kofax, there are three real big convenience stores slash gas stations. Correct. And they're all new. And I just noticed last night, uh, Murphy Express, mm-hmm. which is right next to the McDonald's, has a on their giant sign way up in the air that uh, they've got a they've got a gasoline without the ethanol. Yeah, ethanol free. A lot of Murphys do. Yes. Well, I didn't. Boy, I didn't know that. Yes, a lot of Murphys around town will have uh, ethanol-free fuel if you want it. Now they're well, typically free, uh, fifty something. I was going to say they'll charge you more right? for that. So, yeah. Yeah. but your fuel kind, you, this is where you got to sit down and weigh it all out. You need to run a tank through, determine what your mileage is versus the ethanol fuel, and then do the math to determine what's better at the end of the day. And it literally does come down to math. Some vehicles will perform better and get a lot better fuel economy with the ethanol-free fuel. Others, it isn't going to make, I hate to say it, but it isn't going to make a hill of beans bit of difference, and you won't justify the cost in doing the ethanol free. And at the end of the day, to me, it all comes down to cost. Some will say, well, but, you know, it's better for the vehicle to run the non-ethanol. Um, they were that's debatable. Run, yeah. I mean, it, it, all the new say. vehicles today are meant to run the ethanol. You're, you're not changing anything at the end of the day by running ethanol free. You're not, you're not helping the vehicle, I should say. And, in fact, and this is where a lot of people get it wrong, the ethanol has some cleaning properties in it because it's alcohol, essentially. Uh, it's got some cleaning properties and some octane boost to it that the non-ethanol fuel isn't going to have. So in some cases, Scott, personally for me, it's a trade-off. You really have to just come down to math and what works best. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I'll uh, try a tank. And- Doesn't yeah. hurt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Not going to hurt it. See what it does. Right, yeah. exactly. And, then- and I know the stations you're talking about because I'm in that area, you know, you know, fairly often because I'm on that west side of town. And, yeah, give it a whirl. Nothing yeah. nothing hurt. And then for your lawnmowers and stuff like that, probably uh, the If best you way can to use yeah. the ethanol-free in the mowers and you've got the ability to do it, absolutely, yes. Well, okay. Give it a shot. Okay, guys. Thanks not, a lot. Not hurting anything, Scott, yeah. by doing that. So, you know, go for it. And, let, and by the way, once you have all that done and have some reports back, yeah, let us good. know what yeah. you find and what your fuel economy is and yeah, so on. Randy, you're next. Go ahead. Yeah, I have a 2012 Honda Accord, uh, 240,000 miles on it. I use it for Uber and Lyft. And uh, I got a vibration in the front end only when I accelerate. Okay. Um, I took it in and they replaced the right front axle. My question is, after having that done, do I? Do you think I would need to take that in for a front end alignment check, based on on having that done? Based on that, I would say no, because you didn't. Cha- there's no. There's nothing changed geometry wise or anything like that when you do an axle. Okay. I mean, if it's um, due for an alignment, I would say yeah, it's probably due. But no, that wouldn't. Curious. Yeah, that wouldn't change anything there. Yeah, that wouldn't change anything. And, 
The second question is uh, with a vehicle that with that much mileage that I'm trying to get more mileage on, is there any specific maintenance issues other than the normal stuff that I should ha- have them look at? Um, I would say no on that. I mean, other than your, you know, your transmission fluids, your, I mean, all your fluids pretty much are really your going to be your main, you know, service areas and steering suspension. Obviously they probably checked that when they did the axle and stuff too, but yeah, I mean, brakes and brake fluid and coolant, power steering fluid. I'm just trying to think belts, hoses, all that normal stuff, pretty much like you were saying is yeah, pretty much everything you'd need to be looking at struts and things along those lines yeah okay and with a car that many miles on it should my frequency of oil changes uh like should i change it at a, a lower no like a, no you're still 5, good at the miles or okay no. 5k is still real good running full synthetic and the long life filter you're in real good you're shape fine. there yeah I mean, you know, a fuel injection and induction service, you know, would be something that they probably don't list on the manufacturer maintenance. That would probably be a good thing to perform on that. What about having the valves adjusted? That would be, yeah, That I think that's recommended in the service also. Even if you don't hear anything? Well, just... and that, depending on what engine that has in it, uh, it they might not be it's adjustable. four-cylinder. Yeah, they might... Yeah. I believe those are adjustable on that, so yeah, it'd be good to do the valve adjustment, even you know if it's never been done, especially. But yeah, they they can be out of adjustment slightly, and you don't notice anything. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much for your answers. You're very welcome, Randy. Appreciate the phone call, and I got a few text messages coming in. I'll get those answered. Talk about some on air potentially. Anything you need, give us a call, 303-477-5600. Lines open, of course, and we can take a text message as well, 307-200-8222. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Have you had your oil changed recently? Take advantage of savings on Geno's oil change service this month. Geno's semi and full synthetic oils protect your car's engine. Old oil gets less effective at lubrication and absorbing the heat of your engine. Geno's Complete Lube Service includes five quarts of oil, a Napa Gold oil filter, and 35-point digital inspection. Importantly, our oil change service is done by trained ASC technicians, which is not always the case at Quick Lube businesses. We offer loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when it's ready. Visit us online to schedule an appointment. Geno's is a Napa Gold member and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. At Geno's, we know a well-maintained vehicle will take care of you, and it all starts with consistent oil change service. Stop in or visit us online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. Here's why you need personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh on your side. He understands the way the jury thinks. In the context of a personal injury case, you've been hurt by someone else's negligence. 
The idea is that you're going to try to recover so that you can get back to where you were just prior to that incident occurring. What that really means from a jurist perspective is that you're going to be asking them to award you money. So when we talk about fairness, we're talking about six people that you don't know. Those six people view the evidence and make a unanimous decision that will decide what the fair value is. When you're the one who's hurt, you have a good idea of what you think it's worth. The question is, can you persuade those other individuals whom you don't know and were witnesses to believe that's what the case is worth? Kevin Flesh understands the way the jury thinks. Call now for a free consultation, 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. You need to count on your vehicle several times each day. That's why Napa Auto Care Centers count on nothing less than the knowledge and skills of ASE certified technicians to maintain and repair your vehicle. Napa Auto Care Center technicians study and pass rigorous testing to stay trained on today's vehicle technology for both domestic and import vehicles. To give you confidence in a job done right, on time, the first time. Visit your Napa Auto Care Center today. Find a location at NapaOnline.com. If you're looking for great quality eye care, look no further than Stack Optical. Hey, this is Scott Watley, and for over 20 years, Alan Stack has been taking care of our optical needs. At Stack Optical, they handle all of your eyewear needs with glasses, prescription glasses, shooting glasses, sunglasses, contacts, eyeglass repairs, and yes, even eye exams. And those eye exams are only $69. And if you've been told you've got a complicated prescription, that's just one of the specialties at Stack Optical. At Stack Optical, they have their own on-site lab, and in most cases, you can have your new glasses in just two to three days. Stack Optical, 2233 South Monaco Parkway. Free and up-close parking. Call them today, 303-321-1578. That's 303-321-1578. Or visit stackoptical.com. And remember, at Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. All right, one other thing, too. We're talking a little bit about buying used cars and so on, and I've had a few text messages in along these lines. Now, Phil, hang tight. I want to mention this before we take you. I'll still give you plenty of time. We talked about the whole emissions, gas caps, all of that. One other thing that that, uh, was mentioned to me through a text message a moment ago, second key fob. Now, is that a deal breaker if the car doesn't have one? Not necessarily, but depending upon what the price of that second fob is, you may want to include that in your discount on the car if there's not a second one. Some, you know, some key fobs as a secondary key fob, I should say, are 100, 200, and you're done. Yeah. Okay, not a big deal. Easy to get, no, right. no big deal. But. Some, I'm not exaggerating, depending upon the car, could be a 1000 bucks, and I'm not exaggerating when right. I say that. You take some of the... You know, BMWs, Mercedes, Land Rovers, and so on. I'm not joking. It could be $1,000 for a second fob when it's all said and done. So it depends on the car and what that second fob costs. And what I would say is before agreeing to purchase it, do your research, get your VIN number, call the dealer, and say, here, here's here's my VIN. What's it take to get a second key for this vehicle? They'll tell you. Yeah. And that, now, could you get it done cheaper? 
Possibly, but that would be what I would use as a starting price to make your negotiations with because that's your top dollar. Right. Does that make sense, Ken? Yes, that makes total sense. If the dealer yeah. comes back and says 350 bucks, okay, that's the number I would use to make my negotiations with if it doesn't have a second fob. Or put it in the contract that they get you one. Or they, yeah, or you have, that's right, yeah. or at delivery you get one. Or yeah. at some point in time, yeah. you, you they owe you right. that fob. Exactly. Now, personally, I wouldn't take delivery till I had it. Yeah. Well, and with my daughter, they, you know, they were able to send somebody out. They made the key fob and there you got go. her, got her set. But so, yeah, it's just make sure aware. that's in the contract. And if there's an expiration date, make right. sure you get it done before it expires. Man. I'm also a big one on this. Only buy expensive items, cars, even homes, by the way. Yeah, right. You make better decisions when you don't Not, have to make the purchase and you're just doing it because of either a want or you know, yes, I'm going to need to replace this car in the next you know, six months, so I'm going to start looking today. When you don't have an emergency purchase is maybe the best way to say it. I mean, you always want to buy when you need it, of course. I'm not saying just to buy to buy, but... I'm, what I'm getting at is when you're not in that pressured emergency, I've got to buy this now, you make better decisions. Right. Does that make so. sense? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, if you're thinking of that purchase coming up in six months or, or even if you're not looking for something, figure out what you want first. Figure out what, you know, what you need, what you want. And that way, at least you have it in the back of your mind saying, okay, this is what, if something were to happen, this is what I want to, this is what I'm looking for to get into that way at least you know you're not scrambling it's like what's available what's available and things along those exactly lines. So, so yeah but like you said make better decisions buy when you don't have to right. rather when you want to right. that's probably the best way for me yeah. to say that phil you're next in centennial hey good morning john ken morning good morning so i've been calling in for years and always used to hearing larry answer the phone how's larry doing he is doing much better. We expect to see him back here in the not-too-distant future. So thank Great. you for asking, Phil. I appreciate that. It's great. I got the pleasure of meeting him one time. And uh, he looked just about how I imagined. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Minus the mustache. But. Yeah. Anyway, to talk about uh, car ads, the one that popped in my head was the Ford truck commercial. Yep. Yep. The second one was uh, the sh- a Chevy commercial probably seven, eight years ago when they came up with the tailgate that could open this way, that oh, way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Way. Oh, sure. yeah. All the different gate. Me- yep. And you got people carrying old tailgates that are 50 years old. Uh-huh. That was a good commercial, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the na-na-hey-hey hey, goodbye song. Yeah, good, good, it, yeah it was, no, that was a good commercial. Right. It was a great one. So calling about an 08 Fusion 160K, owned it 15 years now. No, 12 years now. And the temp gauge in the last week and a half is all of a sudden starting to fluctuate, going from middle to up towards hot, and then it comes back down. Never did that before. And I'm just curious what may be going on. The cooling fans are working. Are they staying the on all the time? or? Well, that's another caveat. They used to blow high. In fact, I called about this a year ago. They used to blow high a lot. Okay. But now it seems like it's operating as it should. Okay. You can hear them uh, come down when it, the gauge comes down and then spool back up when it's getting warm. Huh. Okay. And the coolant level's good. Although I do got a water pump leak, so I've had to add coolant here and there. But I just curious. It's it's original thermostat, and I was going to start there. But yeah, I would probably do. I mean, obviously get the water pump and the thermostat done first. 
that would be what you're describing is typically a low coolant issue, but it, or, you know, symptoms of that. But I mean, if your coolant level is, you know, right to the, you know, proper level and, and it's still doing that, I mean, I would say, yeah, thermostat and water pump, especially since, you know, it's leaking some anyway, would be the first steps on those. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. I'm staring at a water pump on my kitchen table, just trying to get the uh, motivation <laughs> to put it in. Yeah, exactly. So one last thing, I just dropped off my ballot at the library in Centennial off of Smoky Hill Road, and they have two EV charging stations there, which caught me off guard, but there was a Tesla charging with a temp tag that expired last July, and oh, man, man. If the owner was the owner was there, I would have said something, but he wasn't. So last July. Um, I mean, I still see a few that are about a month or so out. It's getting less and less where you see them a year out. Although, Phil, I will, my wife and I both will send pictures back and forth of ones we start seeing that are, you know, six months, a year, year and a half, two years out. And I just shake my head. It's like, okay. And and I'll be the first to admit it. I have an utter disdain for that because all the rest of us have paid the money needed to get our vehicles registered, you know, myself included. And I just look at that person and think, first of all, if you couldn't afford plates, you shouldn't have bought the car in the first place. Second of all, if you're just doing this to cheat the system, shame on you. Yeah, right. Exactly. Well, the rest of us are paying our way. So every every week I try to make a mental note of my oldest temporary that I saw was... August of twenty one this year. Oh, this man. this last week. August of twenty one. August of twenty. And so I looked almost. At, so that's two and a half. No, twenty one, twenty two, twenty. So three years. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I was doing. You know, and I glanced over, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that's not. Wait, that's a twenty one. Yeah, that's not, old. <laughs> yeah. This is twenty four now. <laughs> right. Exactly. So I was like, wow, Unreal. that's an old one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I, Phil. I mean, I've never left notes on one, but that's one where you'd almost want to say, you know, it's nice that you're here charging with your vehicle that has temp tags expired from that long ago. Get a job, get a life, whatever. Won't they get backbilled when they finally do get the plates? It depends. No? We've had this conversation before, so. Yeah. If they go in and finally register that vehicle, yes, they will. Now, Phil, if they either go out of state or if they trade that vehicle in, ne- no, they're never paying. Right. Well, and, yeah, they're never paying. If they trade that vehicle off, they're never paying. Right. It's wrong. It's or, totally wrong, yeah. Phil. It's an absolute crime as far as I'm concerned. And those of you running around with them, that old shame on you. All right, guys. I agree with you. Phil, thank you. Pet peeve of mine, as it, you can tell. It just kills me. It, it yeah. probably failed emissions. That's probably why they're, uh, they, they can't get it registered because it's failed emissions. Yeah, the Tesla failed emissions. I love it, Ken. No, guys, I, you know, I, yes, that one, I think out of all the things I see, that one just gets me more than anyone. Because, again, as a fleet operator with all the different vehicles that I have and all of the money – Oh, yeah. That I have to pay out annually, as you know, personally and as a business, yeah. to have things registered and up to date, and so on, and have them all insured, and so on. And yet, I see people running around that I know for sure don't either have insurance and/or they haven't had to register the vehicle. Yeah, nothing chaps my hide more than watching that because, yeah, if they go long enough and yeah. just decide, in that case of that that one you talked about from twenty one, if they just yeah. decide they're going to go buy another vehicle, yeah, right, or I mean, you know, or or even transfer it. 
no, ownership wise or yeah. yeah or whatever yeah it's like they're well, out. my they wife it's in my wife's name well put transfer it in, to your uh, name yeah exactly and then you know but probably not going to register it there either they're not getting tickets for it so which or, that's I the mean, part i don't guessing. understand yeah. why are they not getting tickets you and i drove around you know with a temp tag like that we'd both have a ticket oh yeah a, a day, All day out. long yeah, exactly. exactly we'd have a ticket uh-huh. yeah. precisely actually my plates are expired right now <laughs> they're in the works but oh well, you're it's, fine it's it's still i'm still in the 30 day grace. well if you're in the 30 <laughs> so, day you're yeah. fine yeah, you're, they're <laughs> not technically expired at this point right if you're exactly. in 30 days, so. and it's yeah. all right we'll take one call before the bottom of the hour we've got a car review coming up in a moment as well but bruce go ahead yeah, love your show. Thanks for all your information you give us. And a couple things on on the non-ethanol fuel. Isn't that a better fuel to use if you got like older cars you don't drive very often because it it stores longer and better? Oh, there's theories out that it does. Although Bruce, I'm not sure that's really true because if you think about it, if you think about it this way, does alcohol ever go bad? Alcohol won't leave a varnish when it evaporates Correct. where gasoline does. Correct. So, so honestly, I, I, that one I probably would debate people on. I think it's more of is the older vehicle equipped to handle the ethanol in the system itself? But as far as it actually going bad faster, I'm not sure it does. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of... Well, that's a good point about alcohol going back because the stuff I drink never goes back. Yeah, so thank you. I mean, and, the longer and, it goes, the better, right? And, and or all some, ethanol. People don't cases, realize this. Yeah. All ethanol is it's grain alcohol. That's all it is. It's corn alcohol. So, one other quick point about the the expired temporary tags. A question I've always had, and I think you guys may may have talked about this a year or so ago, but. Who's got ownership? Because titles transfers at time of registration. Correct. Right? Technically, so, technically, if somebody did a somebody that's in that position, so I buy a car from you, Bruce, and I've got it now, quote unquote. You signed it over; it's in my name on that title work only. If for some odd reason, four months down the road, I don't have things re-registered and I haven't gone to the DMV to take care of everything, you could apply for lost title and actually still own the car at that point. I would have to prove I purchased it. You technically could get a lost title on that same car. But could you because it is registered with a temporary tag? So the paperwork is has been transferred. Kind of. You, okay, yeah. But... It's never been finalized, though, is the problem. Right. I mean, for, right. from a dealer, right. it's been if it's a dealer, dealer's credit, and there's there's a, a loan on it, that's been sent to the clerk. They've got it. That one would be tough to go back and get a lost title on because theoretically, you know, that one is in transit. Now, where it gets a little dicey, and to Ken's point a moment ago, when you get a temp tag somewhere, somehow, on an individual like me buying it from you, there's been some paperwork filed DMV, with the county at that right, point, exactly. and you got a temp tag, and and by the way, that's probably not the ones we're talking about, because most of those, you're going to go in, get your plates, get things done, handled off you go. Right. Most of these, I'm guessing, Bruce, have come from a, a dealer, there's a lending institution involved, and yeah, that one's a question of who actually owns a car at that point in time. Yeah, right. So it's never been right. finalized, good question. Yeah. So, favorite ad. I always love the Chrysler ad where the redneck pulls up next to the Chrysler with a Hemi and says, Hey, that yeah. thing got a Hemi? <laughs> right. That's a that, good one. That's a good one. Yep, exactly. That one always made me laugh. Yeah. And, and, Bruce, back to the temp tag thing. I, you know, a lot of this I don't have direct answers for. 
Uh, and I would love to have somebody that maybe has a little bit more experience from the county. In fact, some of you that might even work at a county clerk, but you want to call in anonymously, Bruce. I would love to know the answer on some of these expired tags. Who actually does own the vehicle? If you got into an accident, how does that work? I mean, I don't know all of the ins and outs of that. I wish I did. I mean, they can still trace. I mean, they can trace a temporary back to whoever it's registered to. So that you know makes me believe that it's the title work can all be done and still have a temporary, but... But it's in limbo because... Especially you, if what there's a lending... Yeah, because you don't yeah, have exactly. final plates, so there's yeah. still this gray area, I guess you yeah, could right. say. Yeah, exactly. That's the yeah. part, Bruce, yeah. I don't know anything about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I may call if I find out, I'll call you back. I wish, I mean, yeah, I, you know, honestly, yeah. if I had a little more time, I would. I wish I knew the answer to that, but I, I... And I, you know, the answer might be, it depends, and I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, like, some people... Yeah will buy a car from a private party and maybe they want uh, or maybe they're waiting on an emission test or they need to get that temporary or but they still for, have they've still given them the title at that point right so they're they're already registered so that one with the tr- the title transfer would already be be there you just yeah. can't fully register the car without the emissions right or they're waiting it. on emissions or they're waiting on a approval for or who knows yeah uh, it'd be emissions for, only because everything right. else if you've got you can't go in without proof of insurance you gotta have yeah, insurance right. you gotta have the emissions yeah. if you don't have the emissions because you need a temp tag to go get it they'll give you in that case typically only like day. a 15 day one yeah. it's not even very long think, at all yeah it could even be one day it's yeah it's not a very long is, temp yeah. tag and i'm guessing bruce those are not the ones we're referring to. <laughs> right, exactly. I'm yeah. guessing these yeah, are bought right. on lean yeah and they've never finished fully registering the vehicle Kind of a gray area. Yeah. Which, in that case, so you've never fully registered the car. You now go, in this Tesla example, you trade the car back off. That paperwork never got fully finalized. The lien holder has rights to the title. Yeah. This is the part I know nothing about. Yeah, right. Exactly. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Well, love your show, guys. Thank you. And Thank you, Bruce. Weekend. No, I appreciate, appreciate it, it very much. And speaking of new used cars, we've got a, a car review coming up here in just a moment. My son and I do these on Mondays. Uh, a couple of you even asked, hey, could you play those on the weekends? We'd like to hear them because we can't listen on Monday. So we've got one of those coming up next from my son Richard and I. That is next. We'll be right back after that. This is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. So I drove a really, really fun car, Dad, that most people won't think of, and, and, and I'm going to shock people when I – well, I'll just tell you what it is. It's a 2024 Acura Integra Type S. Okay. And so some of you are going to say, well, that's kind of enough. Well, basically, folks, this is sort of – the Integra is kind of the smallest of the, the Acura, you know, kind of – it's based on a Honda Civic. I'll just say that, okay. right, Dad? And, so, and it's, so it's kind of the smaller sedan style, still got four doors, um, but the Type S – is performance-based to a T, Dad. It's got a standard six-speed manual. It's got 320 horsepower underneath it. It is a really, really fun car. The only negative, and I'm going to get it out of the way off the bat, this is not a quiet car, especially at highway speeds driving down the road. Not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just going to throw it out there. That's the only negative I have on this. This is a car that, as it sits, is about $54,000 or $53,000, some, some, somewhere right in there. Um, you can get some diff- a few different features on it, but you pretty much kind of get it as it is. You can add, uh, you get a few different packages. Okay. This competes, Dad, with every bit of the German automakers, and they're not quite of their top of the line, you know, kind of sports sedans, 
um, but every bit of their you know mid top tier line, and you can do it for not a fraction of the price for less money. Okay, this car is fantastic. It's got the turbocharged engine in it, which works really really well. The acceleration, especially with the manual, is a little bit tricky to get. You actually slip quite a, quite a bit with kind of how they got everything done. Um, but as far as driving down the road, handling, getting up and going, this car is just flat out phenomenal. I've had so much fun driving it. And and folks, you've listened if you've listened to us and, and give reviews for the past few years, we really don't talk about cars like this. I can just say I've just had a blast in this car. Hmm. Um, you're able to fit two kids in the car seat. Okay. It's kind of it doesn't look like a hatchback, Dad, because it's got a kind of a that sloped roof in the rear. It right. looks like a more traditional sedan, but the back end actually opens kind of like the hatchback, where the whole back end kind of pops up um, and raises that way. It's got more storage space than a lot of its competitors. It's got heated seats, um, dual zone climate control. Um, it's got the the uh, the infotainment system, which is kind of your standard that that you've come to use to use on Hondas and Acuras over the years. Um, the stopping is phenomenal, Dad. Again, the other cars are going to beat this in a zero to from sixty, or you know, especially some of these V8s that are still on the road. Obviously, they're going to sort of smash this car that way. But that's not where I got the enjoyment. This car you know, has got rev matching, right? So when you shift down, mm-hmm. you know, to go into second gear to turn a corner, you don't have that lurching forward that you do on other manuals. This is just a really, really fun car to drive. They've kind of spruced up the appearance with the Type S. They've given it a different hood. It's kind of got a, um, you know, a, a display. It looks like sort of a hood scoop of a way, right, to, to intake more air. Um, our model's got a carbon fiber spoiler on it. It's got some nice colored brake pads. Just is a really good-looking, fun vehicle that you can drive around. I think it's front-wheel drive, if I'm not mistaken. I, I could be incorrect in, in, in my all-wheel drive or not, so... My apologies. I know it's at least front wheel, which, Dad, as we always talk about here in Colorado in the snow, that's most of what you need most of the time. So you'd be able to do that. But honestly, just one of my more favorite cars to drive in, Dad, uh, over the past, I will say over the past year. And for the money, which, again, is under $55,000. And and the last thing I'll say is this. You, You have people sort of look at these vehicles or look at this vehicle and they get in it, and, and then you tell them the price tag. They thought it was at least $10,000 more. They thought it was at least sixty or $65,000. Mm. And so that's it. A credit to Acura. Really like what you've done. Really fun car and it is a, And really quick, it's it is a front-wheel drive. I did look that up. So front-wheel drive, absolutely. And, 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 so, and so that maybe, again, kind of contributes to it, right? You don't have some of these other cars that have got all-wheel drive these days, but that helps lock them up a little bit when you're coming from a stop to a start. But here, anyway, that in terms of real-world driving – on the road where you're not taking this on a track or you know, whatever it might be, this is absolutely a fantastic car to have. Really fun car. So, oh, last thing, fuel economy, right around 24, 28 miles per gallon. Doesn't have an overly big fuel tank, so you'll go through fuel a little bit just because of that. But it doesn't get terrible fuel economy, and obviously with it being a manual, depending on how you want to drive it, right. will influence. You know, kind, of, kind of cool, it's got a manual transmission. There. There's a lot of folks out there that love that. And, and that and it's and it's an easy manual, Dad. It doesn't feel super racy. It doesn't yeah. feel super stick. You don't get tired from driving it, right? It doesn't yeah. take a whole lot of effort to actually engage it and use it. And so it's really really nice that way. So I encourage folks head to your local Acura dealer, test drive them. These are all new for 2024, Dad. When they kind of came out with them, okay. this is the performance sporty edition. Encourage folks to do that. Head to your local Acura dealer, and when you do, let them know that John and Richard Rush from Rush to Reason and Drive Radio sent you. Never know. 
There's something special about Napa Auto Care Centers. They're backed by the national strength of Napa. Nationwide warranties honored by thousands of locations. You know that's Napa know-how. But more importantly, your Napa Auto Care Center is independently owned and operated by neighborhood professionals who operate by a written code of ethics. Put your vehicle in the hands of ASE certified technicians who will greet you with a smile you can trust. Visit us today at NapaOnline.com. Napa know-how. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, we are back. Drive Radio KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Jeff in western Montana, what's up? Hey, afternoon. Uh, that snowstorm I talked about earlier is gone and the sun's out. So oh, good for you. <laughs> in like a lion. Yep. Uh, yeah, I was about titling. Uh, I think w- there's Montana State uh, University here has an extension course that talks about uh, financial stuff. And one of the things it covers titling. And cars, like uh, houses, have to be titled at a courthouse. For a house, if you don't title it there, um, the transaction has not been finalized. And so um, that's one of the things that uh, when you go through a, a, a title insurance company, they, they will make sure that they Correct. get it filed. Correct. And I believe it's the same for a car in that once you have signed a title and the person has a bill of sale, you have told uh, you have given up ownership of that vehicle. Whether or not they've taken it to the courthouse now, it becomes ambiguous um, because they haven't follow, uh, followed through on their part. And if you wanted to do something underhanded, I suppose you could and cause a bunch of consternation. You could. I mean, yeah, technically in Colorado, and I think other states are probably the same here in Colorado, if 
the party you gave the title work and everything to that you signed. And all of a sudden, I don't know, for some odd reason, you see that car still rolling around. You know it hasn't been registered and you wanted to be a jerk about it. Could you apply for lost title and still own it at that point in time? Now, keep in mind that the guy still has the other title work and it's been signed and so on. And technically, if they went in and redid it, they could. Although it gets really dicey because if that guy wants to be really nefarious and take that that Sure. Duplicate title, if you would, and then go trade that thing in or do something else. Granted, he doesn't have the car in his possession, so it gets a little bit weird at that point. But you get where I'm going, Jeff. If that guy wanted to really be nefarious, could you? It's why if you do this, it's always best to get to the courthouse as quickly as you can, DMV courthouse in Colorado, and get that done sooner than later. Exactly. Right, because what you've done is you haven't completed the legal transfer. That's right. So since it's in limbo, you can have all sorts of things going on and... uh, and uh, ultimately, I just think it would end up in a, in a court, and it would be pretty obvious there. But you know, um, if you had yeah, all your you bill of sale and the title signed and all that, yeah, it, all pretty that, much. Yeah. But again, Jeff, that's just a huge hassle you want to avoid. You're right, exactly. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Amen. And you've already paid for it. Yeah. Exactly. Just so, avoid that. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And then one thing, I'm not sure if it's the same in Colorado, but up here, um, since it is does have a title and it's registered at the courthouse, you can. Uh, uh, have a transfer on death on vehicles, that, and then and you uh, denote a bene- uh, benefit. Yeah, I think you can do that here. I've had a few listeners uh, text about that or email about that, and yes, I believe you can do the same thing here as well. Right. And so, if you have a vehicle and you want to give it to somebody, a grandson or a son or a child, or or even uh, the the carpenter's hands or whatever. Right. Right. Um, just put them down as the beneficiary on death, and then. It t- transfers to them outside of probate. There's no doubt. Uh, there's no uh, you know, um, weirdness about it. It just goes to them, no extra cost. And uh, it's just a simple way to do things. Right. And it makes sure that what you want to have done gets done. Because if the beneficiary is, is your spouse, and then, you know, say you both pass or she's passed before you, then it goes into probate and it becomes part of the estate. And, well, he said he wanted to have it here, but... Well, there's nothing in the will that says to do that, and it just it gets messy. Just, so, right, yeah. gets, I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, so just yeah, put it on the deed, put it on the title, and uh, and you're done. Nice, good yeah. stuff. Nope, I agree. Definitely. So that's all right, it. Jeff, appreciate no, appreciate it. very very good. Let's get another one in here before we take our last break of this hour. We've got another full hour coming your way. By the way, Mark, you're up next. Go ahead. Hey, uh, good morning. It's still before 12. but I'm, Yes, uh, it is. Good morning. <laughs> trying to clear up a, a few little emotions from hearing, uh, hearing uh, uh, you know, your son call you dad. I, I always get choked up a little bit about that. I don't know why. but no, It's his birthday uh, today, too, so I'm proud. He's a good kid. Oh, All my kids man, are. I'm proud of him. Birthday. Happy birthday. That's awesome. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, 2015 GMC Yukon 6.2 liter engine. Uh, apparently has a uh, cylinder deactivation feature. Right. Uh-huh. Is there a way to deactivate that deactivation feature and just have it full eight cylinders? There are programming devices out there that will allow you to do so, yes. Although I'm one of those where if you just keep good oil changes in it and you keep the right oil in it and do that correctly – 
it they're not a problem having it activated there's even guys out there that will change out camshafts and just eliminate them completely and then they reprogram the computer so the check engine light does, you know doesn't come on any longer yeah uh, i kind of look at all of that as that's a bypass for bad maintenance ah okay and i am going to go both ways on that all my vehicles i do have a bypass in there um, I, I maintain them well, but it's just one thing. Oh, but, that, I mean, but you didn't do the camshaft and all that stuff. You just have no, the program. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, and yeah. all it is is it's that's just fine. a, a yeah. thing you plug into the data yeah. link connector, and it just keeps it, that from happening. It just happening. doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's a, that's a so, different situation, so Mark, than going through the whole oh, right. changing out the cam and all of right, that, which a right, lot of guys exactly. do, yeah. which I would not recommend. No, well, okay. I'm, yeah. I mean, if you have unless to do you an engine in it anyway. Right. Unless you have to do an engine anyway. That's I know a lot of people do that, but uh, yeah, I right. mean, it doesn't cost more once the engine's yeah. out. But exactly, it's, yeah, it's one of those things that yeah, I I keep it from happening on mine because um, I've got the five point three and the six point you know, and that we're running, and I just keep it from happening, and you know, and maintain them well too. But yeah. it's you know, it's just a plug-in thing in the on the data link connector and yeah they're not hard to do no it just plugs and in they're not and that expensive mark no they're not uh-uh. but do you um so i guess uh what i'm trying to get at is is it, do you do that for a reliability reason correct to cre- create a, a more reliable well, uh, scenario I, I guess i guess what, the way i look at it is it's less likely to have a collapsed lifter because you're not collapsing you're not, you're not collapsing uncollapsing collapsing uncollapsing right. in a nanosecond all the time right Exactly. That's the way right. to say it. Okay. So that system isn't okay. being activated. Right. You're not using the system. Right. So they're staying pressured up all the time. Right. And like a regular lifter would correct. be. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because that, that seemed like more logical to keep it all going, yes. you know, like a railroad engine. Your fuel economy is not as good. That's the only thing to remember. Yeah. I, You're right. Which yeah, for some doesn't I matter. I, I noticed absolutely no difference. None. So there you go. So, and, that's what, and that's what I wondered as well. Yeah. Would, would there be a difference because the ECM is depends on the driver? Of, you know, it depends on how right, you drive right, it. Yeah, right, where yeah. you're driving. driving you know, exactly. Like yeah. I mean, if you're <laughs> yeah. on the highway on a flat road all day every day, you'll you, notice a difference. You would probably notice yeah. a mileage difference. Here in Colorado, I don't know of a flat road ever in, anywhere. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, especially where we live. Right. But I mean, but yeah, I noticed no difference whatsoever. Um, yeah, I mean, it, the system worked fine. You know, I mean, it, it didn't give me any issues, but I didn't want to. You know, eventually have risk to it. get into it. Yeah. Right. yeah. So is that is that something that has to be permanently mounted? No, huh? no, it's just a it's just a dongle plug in device. Yeah, it's just a plug in device that plugs into your Com- da- into the computer connector under the dash. Yep, yeah. it's re- accessible. Um, I got mine off Amazon. Yeah, it's. Uh, and then do you unplug it and like throw it in your toolbox or is it? No, 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 no you leave plug, it in. Yeah, you plug it in. You're deactivating it, it as it's plugged in. Yeah. Oh, you do leave yeah. it in. Okay. Yeah. So got it's, it. yeah, it just stays in, and yeah, I mean it's. Uh, yeah, it's, my wife didn't even notice it until she drove it at night, and it had a little light on it, and that was the only the only thing she noticed. So, gotcha. Okay, yeah. thank you so much, guys. Appreciate okay. it. No, you're, you're very welcome, Mark. We'll be right back. Craig, hang tight. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. 
Are you ready to revolutionize your ride? Look no further than Legacy Automotive, your one-stop destination for all your automotive needs. We're here to take your driving experience to the next level, whether you're an eco-warrior or a diesel enthusiast. Are you the proud owner of an electric vehicle or hybrid? Legacy Automotive is your go-to expert for top-notch EV and hybrid service. Our team of certified technicians is well-versed in the intricacies of these cutting-edge vehicles. But that's not all. Legacy Automotive offers a range of services for all types of vehicles, from oil changes to brake repairs, tire rotations to transmission maintenance, we're here to ensure your ride performs at its peak. Our state-of-the-art facility is equipped with the latest diagnostic tools so you can trust our experts to accurately diagnose and fix any issue. And did we mention our commitment to customer satisfaction? At Legacy Automotive, we pride ourselves on delivering a five-star experience. From the moment you step through our doors, our friendly staff will greet you with a smile and provide personalized attention. We believe in transparency and integrity, so you'll always know what services you need and why. Your satisfaction is our driving force. So why wait? Experience the Legacy Automotive difference today. Just go to LegacyAutoBoulder.com to book an appointment. Whether you're an EV enthusiast, a hybrid aficionado, or a diesel devotee, we're here to keep you on the road with confidence. Legacy Automotive, where expertise meets excellence. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. Your local Napa Auto Care Center is independently owned, operates by a written code of ethics, and provides service you can trust. Put your vehicle in the care of ASC certified technicians in your neighborhood. They're backed by Napa. Quality parts, national warranties, that's Napa know-how. Your Napa Auto Care Center might just be the treated me fairly, I love those guys place you've been looking for for your vehicle. Find a location at NapaOnline.com. Napa know-how. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679 and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. We've got a few minutes left of this hour. Craig, go ahead. Hey, John. How are you, sir? All right. Uh, getting ready to rotate some tires out here on this nice day. Uh, you know what? I can't blame you for that at all. Good job. So, uh, some favorite car ads would be the 
three Volkswagen ads that the uh, character actor Peter Stormare did for Volkswagen. Um, oh, yeah. They were German, very German, you know, uh, how do you say? They were. It was aimed at Volkswagen competing against guys that like to tune their, you know, Japanese vehicles, basically. Because right. Because each one had a Japanese vehicle being destroyed, either by catapult or by being crushed by a uh, metal container. But it was the, the whole V-Dub ad, ad campaign. Yeah. Yep. And then something, you know, when you talk about electric vehicles, I, I have a fairly long commute. It's about 125 miles round trip. And I stumbled upon a 2012 Toyota RAV4 that is an EV. Now, I did not know they existed. Yeah. Um, did a little research. Elon Musk got together with the chairman of Toyota. Toyota wanted to, you know, dip their toes in the EV market to see how they would sell and didn't want to have to come up with their own battery and, and motor systems. So they, you know, used their, uh, you know, their expertise at the you know, build quality and dependability of a Toyota with a basically a Tesla Model 3 drivetrain. Oh, okay. So the problem being that they have about a 103-mile uh, range, driving range, which leaves me a little short. So I'm going to have to dedicatedly stop at a charger somewhere between here and, and work. Well, in Bennett, Colorado, the Core Electric Group has... Uh, some electric chargers that are um, available and generally you won't have problems getting to one because so few people charge up in that area. But the problem being is that they charge $5 for every 15 minutes of charging. So to do a full hour of charging is $20. Well, I can make the drive to and from for $20 without any problems. So where is the savings for me? Yeah, no, no savings, none. Well, yeah. there isn't on that, but there's other EVs that would fit the bill and work. So I, I'm confused with the question, I why, guess. Yeah, why? Well, why just the RAV? I mean, well, okay, so why the RAV? I mean, the RAV4, the, they don't even make anymore, and that well, yeah, that was a collaboration between, uh, you know, Toyota, Panasonic, and Tesla. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm following this correctly. Well, the, the problem being is that if you can buy a 75,000-mile vehicle for $12,000 with Toyota build I quality, see what you're saying. Okay, that makes sense. Gotcha. Which, which, is, which has been your uh, bugaboo about Tesla was the some of their fit and finish and, and right. quality. Of, right, right, right. I got uh, it now. Makes sense. Okay. So, you know, it's a practical car. Yeah. Uh, it is only... Well, it's a practical it car, only, but it's, as an EV, it's not because it's really low on miles. Yeah. It's like a Nissan well, Leaf as far as that goes. Well, all of your early EVs had you sure. know, the, limited their yeah. battery range. Uh, well, it depends on the EV. I mean, um, depends on how far back you go and what the EV is. I mean, the Leafs were the first, of course. They only had like a fifty-mile range originally. They're up above that now, and you can get a long-range battery in a in a Leaf. I still wouldn't buy that car, by the way. But most other EVs, though, Craig, across the board, unless it's some sort of a combo deal or like this Rav Four, kind of an experimental thing, most all of them will have at least a two hundred-mile range pretty easily. Yeah, but at, at what 
what dollar threshold do you have to spend to achieve that? Oh, you well, depending upon whether you want to buy new or used, you can buy a Chevy Bolt with all the credits and everything for probably fifteen uh, k or less. That uh, a new one, yep. or are we talking generally used? No, you can buy a new one because by the time you get your twelve five back in credits, you buy a twenty five thousand dollar. You know, Bolt, do the math. Now, there's not going to be a lot of those left because they're not going to make them any longer, but that's one of those vehicles you could effectively do what I just said. Absolutely. Well, then I become a little suspicious why they're not making them anymore if they're so... They're well, well and, and that's, there's been plenty of publicity around that, and i got to run here in a second. I'll hold you over, Craig, it's a good conversation. But, yeah, no, they're, they're going a different direction when it comes to some of their battery technology and so on. But, I mean, I drive mine. It's here today. I don't have any qualms about mine i'm gonna leave you on hold let's talk about this a little more as soon as we come back good question by the way because it does feed into a lot of other things we can talk about we'll be right back though top of the hour news break this is drive radio klz 560 still haven't had enough go to drive-radio.com email your questions and comments download previous programs and find lots of useful information including your nearest colorado select auto care center that's drive-radio.com Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.